This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm feeling great, Josh. It's Sunday, so we have one fixture left to go. Huddersfield, Fulham. Uh, so the story is not completely written, but here we are now. Podcast Sto- The story is mostly written. Unless, unless Mitro, how many goals would Mitro have to score tomorrow for the story to not be written? Like four, seven? I don't know. A lot. Nice. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm in a, I've had a pretty good uh, week up to this point. Live, live. I'm on 77 points, and it looks like I'm going to be in the top 10k before Monday's fixture. So it's the rare Monday fixture for me where if Mitro does anything, it's just a cherry on top. Right. I go in with no worries, uh, no needs, no hopes, no expectations. Yeah, it's it's actually a great it's a great spot to be. I I, I my game week has not gone as well as yours, but I'm actually in the same position with Mitro. The the beauty of it is there's no one that's highly owned on any of those either of those two teams, right? So there's no there's no worry about anyone else doing well. Even if they did, it wouldn't matter, right? Like Quanner goes for 18 points or something, (laughs) you know, it's still not going to matter. And there there wasn't a ton of rotation this game week except for like Mares, a couple other people. Uh, So there's not even that concern about like someone coming in off the bench. Uh, It's like it's like a free roll tomorrow. So that that is a good feeling, and. It's, you know, I brought up ownership a second ago, and I think uh, it's, it's relevant because this episode is the differential special. Everyone in this week's episode that we talk about is going to be someone that's owned by less than 15% of managers overall. Uh, 15% is just a number that we picked that you can, you can kind of pick any number. You could pick 10% if you wanted. 15 felt about right to us. Um, and uh, that includes Raheem Sterling, Brandon, who you brought in this game week. I did. Uh, so I decided to drop Hazard uh, over doubts of him starting. Uh, I think what Sari said, he looked like maybe he could play 30 to 40 minutes mm-hmm. uh, against Crystal Palace. And based on that, I was just looking at this home Southampton fixture for Raheem Sterling. It was too tasty. I wanted some juice. And we were we were talking about this in the in 
Sterling is a special case in that he could, I could view this as a one week punt, which we generally wouldn't recommend. But Sterling is again emerging as he did last season of one of the best attacking midfielders in FPL. So I can right. still view it as a long term uh, transfer. Now, the difficulty right. for me is looking side by side at Sterling and Hazard and how much do I want to play the hokey cokey there. And right. that will, of course, be a temptation with the Fulham fixture on the horizon. Right. And you, you, I mean, you must have lost a fair amount of value, right? I mean, you bought Hazard fairly early, right? Around 10.5. Yeah. So I ended up selling Hazard for 10.9. And at that point, he was 11.3. So yeah, I lost 0.4 on him. Okay. Now, uh, Sterling having a huge haul might be quite forgiving here in that the the table might turn a little bit there and Sterling's value will go up. Hazard's might go down. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, that that was a tough one to swallow. I um, if has if Hazard had fall falls to eleven point two, I have just enough money to to for free turn Sterling back into Hazard. I feel like we've like switched bodies this year. I, this like you like you're taking these risks, not caring about team value. Like this is not the Brandon that that we've heard on this podcast the last few years. And, you know, I, I I'm just, ha- I'm, I'm actually, I'm genuinely happy for you. Cause I feel like you're, you're taking some, you're taking some like actual genuine chances this year and you're getting yeah. rewarded with, it, it could have, it could have backfired, you know, like mm-hmm. it could have, yeah. you could be, you could be 300 K in the world right now, but everything is, is worked out and you're inside the top 10 K. Uh, it's great. I'm not actually sure where I'm going to end up. I haven't looked at my, my live rank. I'm only on 60 points right now um, with, um, with Mitchell to go tomorrow, I was around 20 K, uh, going into the game week. And so, um, I think I'm, I'm above average overall, but I'm, I'm below average for the top 10 K. Uh, thankfully Sterling's ownership isn't crazy. high. I did captain Aguero. Mm. Um, I, you know, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, if we want to talk quickly, about if my I team, had to I, guess, I'd say you'd still be at least in the top 35 K, uh, tonight. Oh, I, I, for sure. I was at, I was at 32 yeah. K before today's matches and I had a okay, so captain Aguero. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. yeah. And Alonzo and, you know, four from Hazard, um, mm-hmm. sh- it should be, should be okay. Um, and, uh, so yeah, anyway, it was kind of a, you know, just a strange game week. Um, you know, we're going to talk a lot about differentials in a minute. So I'm going to talk about players that I can drop Madison for, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. I have decided that James Madison is the Dusan Tadic. He's the new Dusan Tadic. He is yeah. a player that creates a ton of chances for teammates who cannot complete those chances. And it's kind of like yeah. when you look at this, this Leicester team sometimes, it like, I mean, you know, God knows it was an awful week for them. And, you know, and so you have to sort of view things through that context to to a certain degree i mean you know we're i don't want to get like you know it was awful what happened last week we talked about it on last week's podcast um they probably shouldn't yeah. have even played the match to be totally honest i um yeah. I, you know it sounds like the players wanted to that it was left up to them but if we can just talk strictly about fantasy here um the team does not it does not look like a top 10 team in the premier league right it has like yeah Jamie Vardy looks washed up. Uh, I'm sad to say. I mean, Jamie Vardy is one of my favorite players in the league, and he looks cooked. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's just a funny it's a funny team, uh, and I, I think some of the, I don't know like just the way everything's being run through Mark Albrighton seems very weird to me too. <laughs> like I'm not sure why they think he's good enough uh, to run everything through him. 
you know, Perret and Chilwell seem decent. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't like, I want to turn this in like the Lester chat corner or something, but I just don't know who's converting these chances that Madison's creating. And, you know, especially, you know, if Harry Maguire is out for a while, then, then Madison's even less valuable, right? Because, you know, it's going to take Harry Maguire is so good on set pieces. So yeah, it's just a, right. yeah. So, six, point. so, so 60 points, um, you know, obviously my, my Kennedy move was, okay. So, you know, it was frustrating to drop Jimenez like before he gets 12 points uh, and, and to drop Richarlison before his brace. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I didn't make those moves. Uh, they were bad moves. Um, I wish I hadn't done them. I, if uh-huh. I could go back, I would, I would not have done them. Uh, Hind- but I hindsight did, is I, a killer, my friend. Exactly. But I did bring in Arnie and Arnie and Jimenez at least cancel each other out. The Kennedy thing is obviously not worked out. It's been a disaster but i don't know I, if you were on our slack at all um during the newcastle match but people were having a lot of fun just um typing in kennedy of... i can't believe it wow <laughs> no i uh, i was taking the piss in, as they say i was in too much of a rage coma by then to, to really <laughs> be anywhere uh-huh. on social media um the thing is i have gotten two clean sheet bonus points for him <laughs> And I, I do think that people in some ways underrate the midfielder clean sheet bonus. Like if you had a midfielder who like played one game, they conceded a goal and they got a yellow card and you got one point, you'd be like, oh, that's disappointing. Play the next game, they conceded a goal, but you got an assist and you got five points. You'd be like, mm-hmm. hey, that's a pretty good haul, right? So, <laughs> but in the end, that averages up to three in both matches, which is what I've got from Kennedy. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that like three is amazing, but for a fourth midfielder to get three points, it's not like, it's not the absolute worst case scenario. So I don't know. That's like my like 10 second defense of Kennedy. Uh, I hope to get him out of my team very soon. Uh, you know, Sal obviously didn't come through. Um, and, uh, you know, Alonzo, Alonzo did. Uh, Mendy, I knew that Man City were going to concede a goal in that match because uh, it was just too easy. Right. You score three goals in eight minutes or whatever it was yeah. like, you're just going to switch off. Like, how can you not? You know, I mean, they could have scored eight goals in the first half of that match. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, it, was, it was just inevitable that, 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 you know, someone like Ederson was going to make some dumb mistake just from boredom and not paying attention. <laughs> boredom is an interesting way to put it. I, <laughs> I do agree. He, he wore it on his face for the rest of the match, too. Sort of like he was standing a goal sh- ashamed. I mean, he's probably ashamed of his, his incredibly bad head tattoos. But uh. <laughs> right. uh, So I'm on 60. You're on 77. I mean, I think the big the – really, we have kind of similar teams. And uh, I think that it's, it really was the the uh, the Sterling versus Hazard thing that made the biggest difference, right? I mean, Yeah. My other transfer – I had two frees. My other transfer was to bring in Belbuena for West Ham, which I know was a move you were also looking at. And yep. yeah, you Thank started Fabianski for West Ham to concede two, not one, but two at home to Burnley was was pretty disappointing. Uh, but not that is another one that I, I think we can look at the West Ham defense in the long term. Just a sea of green matchups coming up, starting with Huddersfield away in game yeah. week 12, Newcastle, Cardiff, Palace, Fulham, Watford, yeah. Southampton, Burnley, Brighton. So it's, it's all good there. Um there is. I brought. I had two free transfers. Immediately spent them. It, it felt like Grandma wrote me a huge check, and then I immediately <laughs> spent it on video games or yeah. something like that. I now I am in that position. I have two transfers going into uh, going into game week twelve. So that that is the one thing that I'm looking forward to is uh, uh, having those two transfers. I can I can fix some problems. Um, Madison, I, I think, is probably going to go. Um, I know they're home to Burnley, and I just don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't. You know. I mean. I, I just I can't keep a guy like him on my team any longer. It's just it's so frustrating, and his ownership's going to start to dip. 
His price is going to drop too, so I feel like now now is the time to to move with him. Well, good thing this whole episode is going to be about differential mid exactly. midfielders, exactly. forwards, etc. So we're going to figure out who you're bringing in for Madison by the end of this app. That's very exciting, Brandon. Um, all right, so there's no always treating Super League this week. It's just uh, too early, too early to share. Um, so sorry about that. We'll post it on uh, social media. Um, I did want to do a couple new uh, Patreon thank yous, Brandon, some new patrons this week. We have a new producer yeah. patron. Thank you to Chris yeah. Carter. Hail to our new producer, Chris Carter. Thanks, uh, Chris. Two Lord, two Lord Sorloth patrons, Sam Danby and Brian. Uh, and two new Embakani patrons, Hayden Anderson and Tom Wildman, uh, which is a great, great name, uh, Tom Wildman. Um, not almost as good as Tom Womgams, uh, which is uh, the name of the uh, one of the characters in uh, – Succession, which uh, if you watch that show yet, Brennan, it's an it's excellent show. You've, you've given me the hard sell on it. Uh, it's, it's I love in, it. It's, it's up next. It's up okay, next. good. All right. In addition to our Patreon thank yous, our new Starting Eleven Retro Kit contest for November kicked off this game week. A belated congrats to Guy Guy, who uh, as of last week was rated number nine overall in the world. But he had the best... Uh, overall point score for the month of October in our Patreon Supporters League. And he gets a free retro kit courtesy of Starting Eleven from 3retro.com. And if you want to get in on the November Starting Eleven Retro Kit Contest, just become a Patreon supporter at any level. Go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. You can see what other cool features and advantages await you there on our Patreon page. Yeah, and uh, he had actually another another strong game week this week. So I, I think there's a chance that he might actually have cracked, like maybe getting close to the top five or something like that. So um, yeah, pretty pretty exciting there for for guy guy. We were actually emailing with him this week, which was pretty cool too. Yeah, uh, a few cool for us because I have it over <laughs> we the don't top ever ten. Get email. <laughs> well, just like I mean, someone in this top ten in the world sending you an email asking for you know suggestions. Um, you know, I, I I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, you know, so uh, we're, we're obviously pulling for him, and and we're, we're Brandon, we're pulling for every manager in the Always Cheating Super League. And it's not too late to join. Uh, just visit our website, uh, alwayscheating.com, and there's a link to auto join. Uh, yeah, I think we just crested five thousand managers in the Super League, Fantastic. so that's huge. Oh, that's this is uh, surely one of the superest leagues. A few rants oh, yeah. this week, Josh. The first one comes from Ryan Dika. Yesterday, I dropped around two hundred and sixty-one thousand places to. 583,000 OR. Should I quit now? <laughs> uh, no, no, that's uh, that was probably temporary. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's tempting, Ryan. It's tempting, but don't do tempting. it. Don't quit. Second rant comes from Danielle Quetti. Uh, mm-hmm. I am un- Danielle or Daniel? Not, not sure. I, I'm not sure. I think it's Daniel. I am undecided if I should eat my phone or throw my TV out the window. All right, Josh, <laughs> gun to your head. Do you, yeah. if you have a bad week, do you eat your phone or do you throw mm-hmm. your TV out the window? Well, I live on the 60th floor of a building, Brandon. So if I threw my TV, it would be very, very dangerous. It would be like a, it would be a weapon, actually. So I yeah. guess I have to eat my phone in that case. Well, do you, do you have Apple Care on your iPhone? If so, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a win-win. You can eat your phone and then go in and get the brand new uh, iPhone XS. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I guess that's what I'll do then. Yeah, look uh, on the bright right. side, Daniel. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break, Brandon, and we'll get back with uh, the, uh, the, the podcast proper. Uh, we're going to talk about differentials. Uh, we've got lots of questions. Uh, we've got a couple opening questions, too, like some general strategy talk. So let's, uh, let's get right into that. 
Brandon, it's our differential special. Are you are you excited? I, have we done one of these before? I sort of made it sound like it was an annual thing. I don't know if we've actually done this. <laughs> I don't know if we have. We've done we've yeah. done sewer dwelling before, where we look at really low uh-huh. price players. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but for differentials, I think ju- it, it's an interesting season. This season we're in four differentials. Also right. heading into game week twelve now, as we are. It is that point in the season where the template is A, wobbling, B, getting a little dull, and mm-hmm. C, uh, our, our overall ranks, for, for more or less, seem a little fixed right now. How can we break yeah. out of that? How can we find a player or just get ahead of some of these bandwagons maybe to, to give us an edge? Yeah, exactly. And I think I, I'm, I was definitely feeling the, the dullness a little bit going into this weekend. Um, you know, there's this feeling that you – you kind of have to have some of these people, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're just, they're, they're performing so well, but clearly it's not, it's not totally the case. Right. I mean, you know, it's, you know, Robertson has zero points and two points in the last two game weeks. You know, it's, it's sort of, there's this feeling that like, you know, the Ram, the Robertson, Alonzo, Mendy, you know, is locked in. It's the only way you can, you can have a def- like a, you know, a, a defender line, uh, you know, midfield looked very locked in for a long time. You know, it was Salah, yeah. Hazard, um, Madison, you know, one other player, usually Frazier, you know, and then you've got the forward line, which is Arnie Aguero. And then maybe you've got Isaac success, you know, as kind of like an enabler. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you've got, um, Callum Wilson, you know, I guess I, you know, I guess Arnie Wilson Aguero is kind of like the, the most popular, you know, forward line there. Um, and, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, the forward line worked out this week. The midfield line really didn't, you know. And mm-hmm. um, if, you, if you're in the top 10K and you want to stay there, there is something to be said for just sticking with the status quo. Um, yeah. It's definitely the way to go, you know, until um, – I don't know until like an injury happens or I mean, even I think even today, you know, the Hazard thing, um, he wasn't going to be out for three weeks. Right. It looked like he was probably going to play tomorrow. So, you know, if you were like if you're like leading your mini league, that to me isn't the the time when I would drop um, Hazard. Right. If I was Mm -hmm. four spots back, you know, if I was fifth, then then maybe that is the time, you know. And so like, you know, this idea, like it's like there's so many different ways to talk about what a differential is, you know, like where. You know, like there's there are differentials that are really valuable when you're two hundred thousand in the world, and there's differentials that are valuable when you're eight thousand and you want to get into the top one thousand, right? In that case, yep. you can't just drop all your top players, but your differential could be found in your like third midfielder or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know? exactly. My, my yeah. I agree. My general rule of thumb is the differentials happen on the margins of your team, and that third midfield spot right. is third midfield, third striker, maybe second striker, third to fourth defender. And uh, that's going to give you that edge because, yes, the the patience, the rule of patience means that if you're steady with the bigger players, um, I mean, Salah is still arguable, but uh, the Agueros and Hazards of the world, if you're steady with them, you'll still maintain a certain level of success through, of course, the entire season. The trouble that we could get into with differential talk is you don't want it to be uh, sub in the word knee jerk or sub in the word, the phrase points chasing for differential. So hopefully we can talk about some of these guys without it sounding like we're just reacting to Marsh. Well, Martial, I'm perhaps uh, is probably going to break all those formulas, but uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I do. And I mean, yeah, Marshall to Madison and Marshall is a really easy move to make. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it's a little tricky this week because it's right before the Manchester Derby. 
which doesn't seem like the ideal time to, to make that move. Um, but, you know, we've sort of picked out a few players that we think are differentials. Um, uh, we've got a question here from Harry Haslam. Um, he says, there are several players who could be knee-jerk targets. Uh, Marshall, Arnie, Brooks, Charles, Siggy, Jimenez. Wow, he just went through like the entire stats pace. Successful play to uh, Barkley. Which are sensible buys? Which are punts? Which are more a kapoo style traps? What are the key indicators, history, stats, et cetera? So we're actually going to get into almost all of these players, I think. We've got a ton of questions and we're going to sort of go, we're going to go, uh, we're actually going to start with the midfield because I think that's the most important area. Uh, and then we're going to do midfield uh, forwards and defenders. And hopefully it'll all, I'm hoping this will this will make sense as we go, and it's not too like disorganized. Um, but yeah, his last question is an interesting one. I think he says, "What are the what are the what are the key indicators? Is it history? Is it stats? I mean, you know, there's different ways to look at it. I mean, you and I, I mean, it's not always like even if you know the the history and the stats, it, it's not always easy to draw a conclusion, right? I mean, you were sort of more up on Barkley last week than I was, right? Like, I'm just not yeah. a fan of Ross Barkley. Um, yeah. but the stats can like his stats can be interpreted multiple ways, you know, like when, when he's had like a healthy stretch, he's been very effective when he's, um, you know, when he's, he's obviously been injured prone and sort of stuck on the bench at different it, times. In, in my defense, Josh, I was pro Barkley just generally as a player, but not as an mm-hmm. FPL asset. I, I okay. will say, say that in my defense. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. but, but, um, to your point, yeah, you, the the Barclays are a little easier to assess because we've known Ross Barkley. We've seen him in the league for many seasons. Then you get right. to somebody like Isaac's Isaac success. Um, he he's been at Watford. What is this his second or third season there? But we really right. still haven't seen anything of him or what type of player yeah. he is. So that one, he's a little harder to judge. That one you're going more based on team form, player form, right. and so on. Yeah. It was actually it was interesting because um, okay, Glenn Murray is the kind of player that I love as a differential, right? Glenn Murray is not a multifaceted player, right? Like if you were just you know if, if this were real life and not fantasy, you wouldn't really be thinking twice about Glenn Murray very often. But in a fantasy lens, Glenn Murray does one thing extremely well, which is he's got an amazing nose for goal, right? And he's yeah. on penalties. So mm-hmm. he's just, it's going to be very easy for him to get easy goals. You know, he's just, he's going to, he's going to sniff out his like very few chances. And he's, he's kind of, I mean, Vardy's like a supersized version of this, right? And they're just like, they're going to find these like little narrow windows and they're going to create goals. I mean, the goal that you and I saw him score was a goal that mm-hmm. kind of came out of nothing, right? And they're in the West Ham match. Right. Gl- Glenn Murray, of course. And, and so then that's an interesting comparison. If you're saying Murray and Vardy and here we're getting to differential talk, we have sort of a pre set um team template that a lot of managers are dealing with glenn murray immediately jumps out because he's what at least two million cheaper than jamie Vardy. Million. yep so um that's great suddenly we've zeroed in on one great differential candidate right exactly and maybe you um you know it's it's kind of tough to to get rid of someone like uh Callum Wilson, and maybe I'm not even saying that I necessarily would recommend getting rid of Callum Wilson, but uh, I have Mitro on my team right now, right? I have I have Arnie and uh, and I have Aguero, and Mitro needs to go. And no matter kind of no matter what he does, 
uh, in the uh, in the Huddersfield match, right? Because they're about to play away to Liverpool. I just don't think he's going to do anything in that game. Yeah. So Wilson, I basically not have, a not a differential Wilson at thirty one point three percent, but uh, you're at least going to save a little money there, Mitro to Wilson. Well, it, yeah, one. but you've got. But I mean, this is the thing: is like it's it's my it's my third forward spot, right? So I I could you know you can go. You, can, you don't always have to go for for a differential, right? Like maybe that Wilson is, is the pick there. Um, you could also consider going with someone like Isaac success, right? Who's run 3% ownership. And Isaac, like, if you do that, then you just go with a completely, you, you know, you, it's a very different formation. You're probably going to go with right more of a four, four, two. Um, and maybe that money that you free up that 2.4 million or whatever is the money that can then be used to turn Madison into someone like Christian Erickson, right? If you want to go like, hardcore differential you know um and eric like if you told me like that it was like a guaranteed fact that erickson was going to start next weekend uh, i would be very tempted to bring him into my squad just just to be different you know um i just no one's got erickson i mean erickson like you want to talk about like i mean this is like i mean this is like sterling is the dream differential right now because i mean the only the only hang up is his price but if you can, mm-hmm. you know, but Erickson is, you know, two million cheaper um, and, you know, an absolute. I mean, like when you know, Harry's question of like, what do you look at? I mean, with Erickson, all you have to do is look at many, many seasons worth of data. Right. Yeah. 11 goals and 10 assists last season, eight goals and 20 assists the season before that, six goals and yeah. 16 assists the season before. Um, and has just had this injury. Right. And it's just yeah. slowly working his way back into the team. Right. One minute, nine minutes, 31 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but we know it, it's it's like it's you know, it's kind of like KDB. Like we know when he plays, he's going to be super important to that squad. And they actually look great in their in their uh, league cup match last week, too. So um, on top yeah, of that, can... on top of that, just looking at Spurs as a team, they desperately need a player like Erickson to help them unlock right. that and, and allow Harry Kane to play a little farther up the pitch. Uh, yep. So, yeah, you're looking at all the upside, the potential that Spurs are going to want to make it work. KDB for Man City, they hardly needed, even though KDB elevates Man City to this other astronomical level, they hardly need him. Uh, to walk the league so it's a slightly different comparison there with Erickson yeah and I think you know the the tricky thing with Spurs they they do play Chelsea and Arsenal and and game weeks 13 and 14 I I'm not sure how scared I am of those matches Um, you know Chelsea's at home Arsenal's away I could see them getting a goal in that Chelsea home match for sure a couple goals maybe Arsenal away I Going into this game week, I was kind of convinced that Liverpool was going to—they were just going to smash Arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you felt the same way. I thought our, I thought Liverpool was going to win that match like three-one or something like that. Yeah, I thought and, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I just thought I, Arsenal, I didn't expect Arsenal to run the game basically and yep. uh, stop Liverpool's counterattacking game plan almost in, entirely, and they the Arsenal was running the show the entire match. It was amazing. And of course, uh, the second I tweeted about how like Leno, like basically hasn't made a mistake since he joined, <laughs> since mm-hmm. he joined Arsenal, like he mm-hmm. really fumbles across, uh, they get, you know, it gets like I mean, James what Miller was it, of all people. What was interesting about that one is Allison had done the exact same thing. Not moments before, uh, um, punched across that was coming across the six yard box out to the top of the 18, but he wasn't punished for it. Yeah. Um, did you think that Allison was at fault for the Arsenal goal, the Lacazette goal? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, well, I suppose it is complicated. I'd, I, I'm i not a professional some... goalkeeper. Right, but, right, um, right. I don't know what, what 
you're thinking watching that all play out is that Allison needs to immediately like start, start running backwards. Um, right. But there he is. He tries to stand Lacazette up and do what he can to cut off the angle. But Lacazette was just too cool of a finisher. Forced a ridiculous finish. And I, I think the real problem was was Awobi's movement, you know, that led to the goal. I mean, it, it sort of like pulled that you know, everyone to the left. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think Allison sort of got – he just got caught at a position a little bit. But I, yeah. I, just don't, I don't know who was his fault or not. I mean, it, was, it feels like it's a, it's a tricky one. It certainly wasn't as bad as the, as the Leicester goal he conceded. I believe a goalkeeper in that situation, if you come out, even if you end up like Ederson today against Southampton, you just have to bulldoze your way through to the ball. Whether you right. take out the man or not, you if you come out, just accept whatever consequences happen and take <laughs> out everyone. Yeah. What a finish, though, from Lacazette. By the way, Lacazette is owned by – where is it here? Um he is owned by thirteen point four percent of managers. That is insanely low. I know. I know he's had a couple blanks this season, but man, thirteen. Wouldn't you have expected that to be higher? I mean, five I goals and four assists in the season. Absolutely, particularly how mad everyone was for Lacazette. Um, I guess it was three or four weeks ago when he just started to solidify yeah. his starting spot, went on that incredible purple patch. And he's, it's not like he stopped scoring. He scored this weekend against Liverpool, against one of the best well, defenses in the league. I thought it was encouraging that they were down one nil, and it's a bombing that makes way, not not Lacazette, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that guy is so locked into the the starting eleven right now, right? That he's that he's in it for the the full ninety. You know, bombing may come and go, but it's Lacazette yep. just gonna be there the whole time. Uh, that was pretty surprising. Yeah, it's like Aubameyang is in a more tactical, tactically flexible position where if Emery right. needs to switch up the tactics. Uh, Aubameyang has to that that is the slot in the eleven that has to be be malleable. Whereas Lacazette, any system is going to have a spot for just a, a nose for goal, fox in the box sort of guy. Yeah. I, okay. Here's a, the other part of uh, Harry's question. Um, and I know we're spending a long time in this one, but I feel like it kind of sets the table for all the other uh, like questions that we're going to take. Um, is um, is stats and how big of a role are stats for you when you? Um, I mean, in transfers in general, maybe, but I, I guess specifically about differentials. Are, are you like if you're if you're looking for someone in that like five million range? Well, let's say you're looking for like a five million fourth midfielder. Um, yeah. Are you are you looking at statistics? Are you looking at recent results? Are you going by feel? Like, what's yeah. your um, you know what's your thinking? <laughs> well, I think you know the answer to this question because when we were setting up for this particular episode. You pulled some stats from Fantasy Football Scouts Rate My Team. And I was like, mm-hmm. huh, I never used that before. <laughs> I I tend to not look at stats. I tend to not pay too much attention to XG. I think the mm-hmm. most w- of what I'll look at is touches in the final third, maybe touches yep. in the box. Yep. But mostly what I'm looking at, just shrewd FPL language, is consistency of starts, number of minutes played, and yeah. uh, and and form of a form of the team again. I guess form of the team yeah. is quantified in eye test. I'll eye form test the player a little bit too, yeah. right? Uh-huh. I mean, I do think that you know whether that's whether that form is actually translated, translated to goals or not, which I, which I guess does mean we're ultimately talking about statistics a little bit here. But you know, someone like David Brooks, you know, is a cheap option. Team is playing well. He's he scored some goals. He looked you know didn't didn't pick up any points uh, in. In the Man United match, but definitely close. could have, right? Yep, yeah, yep. very close. Yep. 
um, you know, you walk out of that match thinking, wow, David Brooks at 5 million is a great option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regardless of uh, some of the tricky fixtures to come. If so, you were going to um, look at one stat, what would it be? If you're contemplating a handful of differentials, what's the one that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, I, I like, I mean, just shots on target or like shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at a, a midfielder or a forward, um, just whether they're actual, I guess I value goals it shows and intent. assists. Yeah, exactly. And some people like this. Like, I'm not like a KDB guy in general because I I do, I tend to look, I tend to be looking for goals for my players more than I'm looking for assists. Um, And sometimes you kind of have to pick between the two, right? Um, Maybe that's less true nowadays when you've got people like Aguero or, you know, even someone like Jimenez, you know, was someone who's like a very modern forward. What about David Silva kind of breaks my brain thinking about that too because he he's always kind of been known as a literally a little magician and right. uh, sort of the guy who's going to <laughs> now he's like a goal machine. He's a goal machine. Does he ever create assists? He's just going for goal every time. I mean, he he yeah. looks great. His goal was yeah. exceptionally well taken. And, yeah, yeah. It's actually only only missed two starts this season, which is a little little less than I would have. Uh, thought uh, only th- actually only has three goals and two assists in the season, which is uh, a little lower than I would expect. I thought his I don't know. Didn't you think if I told you he was on three goals and two assists after t- eleven game weeks? Would that would that seem low to you? Yeah, very low. Guys like yeah, feels like he's mm. putting them in like every match. Yeah, really um, all right. So FPL Thunder Jeff uh, says <laughs> I think it's I think it's FPL Thunder Jeff and in, uh, in but I kind of like FPL Thunder Jeff. Thunder that's, Jeff that sounds cool. Uh, it says, "What is the optimal number of differentials you want if you're attempting to solidify a top twenty thousand overall rank, but also want to increase steadily?" I don't know if you can. It's actually hard to separate those two. I think you know. You wanna, yeah, we want you, both. We want to do both. Get there and stay there. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, I think just to throw out a number, maybe it's two, but uh, if you're looking at the top 20K, I think it's less having a differential and more the way you want to think about it is getting on the next soon-to-be template player, right. um, So, which is kind of a, the same way of thinking about the same type of player. Like if, if you were first on Fraser and you look at the – for a, for a 5.5-ish, 6 uh, million, 6.0 million ish midfielder he has had uh, steady differential returns and yeah. that is going to be something you see consistently with uh, people in the top 10 top 20 yeah. 5k so uh, it's it's more a matter of seeing wh- how you can get on these players before anyone yeah. else does and that's where you'll get the 10 point advantage and the the 10 point right. chunk that you're going up is the thing that separates top 25k from top 150k. Yeah, I mean this is, you know, I feel like we 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 said this a lot on podcasts over the last um like just over, over the last few weeks I feel like I've said this a lot on the podcast, but you know, a differential is only a different like you know, we're going to get sick of saying this word by the end of this podcast, but a differential is only a differential for like two or three weeks, right? If that, you know, I mean, it's, you know, if if a player is consistently doing well and picking up points, it's not going to happen in a vacuum. Like everyone's going to notice, you know, and everyone's going to start to bring those players. I mean, James Madison wasn't owned by 30% of the league in game week one, right? Mm -hmm. He got there. Ryan Frazier was, was only only a handful of managers early on in the season. You know, we all get there, you know, when we all like sort of figure it out and jump on. So as you said, it's, it it is about getting there early. And, you know, I do think the eye test is a factor. I, I think that, you know, there are times maybe the edge is to, 
find a player that that you know is played extremely well and maybe was unlucky not to uh, pick up points, which I guess actually probably will involve stats to it to a certain degree. Um, identifying those players and taking the slight risk of bringing them in before they've actually delivered, you know, before they've actually done anything. Yeah. Um, to, to, you know, to your point, I'm looking yeah. at Anthony Marshall's uh, um, stats page in game week nine. He had, he was owned by 37.6 thousand managers in game week 11. That jumps up to 440,000 managers. <laughs> right. So it's just, and, and I would still even say, let's see at a total of um, what, like 7% or 8.3% mm-hmm. ownership. Marshall yep. is still one of these players that's enjoying this long run of being a differential yeah. more than most yeah exactly exactly yeah a lot of these yeah a lot of times there's this feeling that you can't have someone because everyone owns him and then you know or you, it feels that way because you see everybody talking about them on twitter or or whatever um and then you look and you're like oh wait they're only owned by 6.2 percent of men. even even arnautovich right um i mean you know not you would think he was like the one of the, one of the three most owned players in the league, uh, yeah. you know, based on the way everybody was talking about him this weekend. I mean, his ownership is under twenty percent. You know, maybe not quite a full on differential, but uh, you know, certainly. I, I also think that there's a tendency that some people have to to only look at the like the percentage owned, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not think about the percentage that don't own, right? So they're like, oh, well, like you know, everyone's got him. He's owned by. 34% of managers. It's like, well, there's still 66% of managers that don't have him. You know, I mean, I was even thinking about this with Aguero, you know, today. I mean, you know, it felt like everyone and their mother had him captain, but I think overall it was only around 30%, 32%. So, you know, getting a 16 point haul doubled from Aguero is huge, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, even the, even within the top, you know, 10K, I think it was only around 72%. So you know, there's still 28 you close to 30% of the managers in the top 10K that didn't get a 32-point haul today from Aguero. So, uh, you know, I do think that's important to keep in mind. Uh, before we get to a few more questions, Josh, I have one for you. So I think okay. this is this is a, a big thinking differential question. Ignore the upcoming minefield of fixtures that Everton have, but I'm looking at two midfielders, Richarlison and Sigurdsson. Uh, Richarlison is, uh, they're probably, you could argue that maybe they're both on decent form. Richarlison coming off a brace is definitely the star right now, but 25% ownership for Richarlison versus 7.8% ownership for Sigurdsson. Mm -hmm. If you're in a position to bring in a player from a team like Everton, what Mm -hmm. is, how do you look at that situation? say going right. into game week 12 do you think sigurdsson is suddenly more appealing because he has significantly less ownership or is Richarlison right. because he's the goal scorer just you have to go with him just given the the goal scoring and the ownership is bigger i think i think you have to go with him um i i, I do think i needed a couple of weeks to see him as a forward to to believe that he could play as a forward i mean the early returns weren't encouraging you know i think the the Man United game, actually, interestingly enough, was the one where it seemed like he started to figure it out a little bit. I actually thought he was pretty dangerous in that match. He, you know, ended up winning a penalty, um, but I thought he actually, you know, had a, even some a couple chances where he could have actually scored a goal in that match too. Um, and then, you know, and then we we saw sort of that continue, uh, you know, in the Brighton match. And um, I mean, he just looks like a really explosive option. I, I suppose I really do have to consider him this week with two transfers, right? Yeah. Uh, even with even with their their sort of difficult fixtures. I've also, as I said before, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a little more of a goal guy and, and maybe it just, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's, 
whether it's to my detriment, it kind of depends on the season, right? Like there are certain seasons where you can, you can pick up a goal scoring midfielder and they're just going to keep scoring goals all year. Right. And sometimes it, even that same player will get, I mean, we've had seasons where Aaron Ramsey got, was it close to 20 goals? I don't know if he ever actually got 20 goals, but you know, Aaron Ramsey had an amazing season once. You got him at 5.5 million and you just kind of, you just delivered the entire year. Um, And then you have other seasons where it's like, you know, Mares, like the year after Lester won the league where, he was just sort of frustrating the entire season. Right. And, um, and you would have been better off having a more consistent player, like someone like David Silva, where you're getting more assists than goals, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, KDB type or something like that. So, um, yeah, so I guess I, I just like to swing for the home run a little more. And so I would, I would go with Richarlison. Maybe it's a rule of thumb then that, uh, if you're thinking about differentials, if there is, don't, don't do the coverage pick. Like just because Sigurdsson seems like a differential to Richarlison, if there is a clear better alternative on that team who is going yeah. to be more likely to get the attacking returns, that's not a place to find a differential. Uh, that's what makes the Salamane um, argument kind of interesting is we don't quite know who's going to come out ahead there. But um, that, yeah, that's something that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we really don't, right? <laughs> like I would believe either one outscoring the other at the end of the season. Um, yeah. Maybe I, I slight, you know, slightly lean towards, towards, uh, towards, um, Sala, uh, Sala, yeah. <laughs> I forgot his name for a second. I think we talked about him enough on this podcast. That guy, uh, yeah. Slightly, slightly into Sala. All right, Brendan, I've got an idea. Why don't we take a quick break, and then we've got a ton of differential questions, and we're just going to treat them lightning round style. All right, we're just going to try to answer everyone's differential question, and we're going to go home. We're going to get out of here. Great, sounds good. <laughs> Does that sound good? That <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah. Good. All right, let's do it. All right. Josh, let's talk about our friends at Starting Eleven. If you listen to Always Cheating, probably you've heard of the Starting Eleven Daily Fantasy app, but hey, just assume you haven't. It is the newest play. Okay. It is the newest way to play Premier League Daily Fantasy. Fire up the Starting Eleven app for your iPhone or Android phone any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches happening. You can set a squad on the fly. You've got no budgetary restrictions. You can adjust your lineup right until kickoff. Josh, I can challenge you from afar. Just ping you yep. with the app, send you a challenge. You can jump into cash games with strangers around the world. This is the thing. Starting 11, you can play for cash. If you're in the UK, US, Canada, or Germany, you can play for cash prizes. A free game is now available anywhere in the world for your Android. Cash games are coming soon. Other big news from Starting 11 <laughs> is uh, mini leagues. The uh, new version of the Starting Eleven app is currently under review with Apple, and mini leagues could be coming soon to your iPhone. So watch out for that. Yeah, and just one, uh, one, two things I want to add, Brandon. One is that we did all of this differential talk, and we're, we're still in the middle of it. We've got lots, lots of questions we're about to get to in a second here. Um, you know, it's it's hard to commit yourself to actually making those differential picks, right? And to actually like start, you know, you only get one transfer in the in the fantasy in you know, the FPL game. So maybe maybe starting eleven as a way to kind of like workshop some different players, you know, and 
you know, just change your perspective a little bit. Like maybe there's a lot of stats that starting weapon uses that you don't get in the fantasy game. So um, including including shots, just like actual shots are, are you know, something that they um, that counts as points there. So um, that's kind of a maybe a way for you to sort of figure out, you know, who you actually really want to have in your squad. OK, so visit starting one one dot io for more information. There are download links there, as I said, for your iPhone or Android. Also, there's a great tutorial video on starting one one dot io. It gives you a really quick minute long rundown on how to actually use the app. The app is beautiful and easy to use. And as you like to say, Josh, if you're playing for cash here, don't waste your money gambling on things you don't understand. This is this is fantasy Premier League. Be smart and participate in a game that you do play starting 11 today. Brandon, we're back. We are going to take a lightning round's worth of differential questions. We broke it up into midfielders, forwards, and defenders, just just to make things a little easier to to follow. Uh, We start things off with FPL Drunk. This is the midfielder category, Brandon. FPL Drunk says, gun to your head, you can have Hazard or Sterling for the remainder of the season, but not both. Who do you choose? Wow, FPL Drunk caught me on a very Sterling day. Um, (laughs) So uh, I, I can approach this a few different ways. Sterling plays for the most attacking team in the league. And uh, as we've seen so far this season, Sterling is almost guaranteed to get a piece of those attacking returns if he starts. And I find yep. that very appealing. The appealing thing about Hazard is when Hazard is in peak form, as we've seen in like one or two seasons at his very best, he can deliver as well. Plus he has penalties for Chelsea um where do I lean right now Uh, I don't know I guess there is still a fear surrounding Hazard that he Mm -hmm. is a streaky player there are a a number of knocks against Sterling right not 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 the best at finishing um, right. Can you see me Doesn't trying to waffle here? Not trying to commit <laughs> yeah. one way or another. This is gun to your head, Brandon. This is gun to your head. So just, oh, wow. just give me I, one name. Give me one name. I'll jump in there with Sterling. I'm going to go Sterling too, and I'm probably like you, being a little too biased uh, by today. But I, I just had a, such a reminder this week about what the what the Eden Hazard experience is like, right? Which is the uh, the inexplicable blanks, the injuries that that no one knows about that keep him out for weeks at a time. Uh, the incredible cost of having him in your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's, he's a great player. I, I like his art on a, like a person, like he just seems like charismatic and interesting, but uh, you know, but from a fantasy perspective, um, I can, he can be very frustrating to have in your squad. Um, and for someone that, that expensive, it's amazing how often he's a risky captain pick, you yeah. know, um, you really don't often want to captain him, which is weird for someone of his, uh, for his talent and the kind of returns that he gets. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago, you were able to in the Southampton game. It was kind of like a perfect scenario where, you know, uh, Man City were playing Liverpool, um, you know, kind of opened the door for him. But in general, mm-hmm. um, he's like usually second or third on my list of, of captains. Um, Shino83 says, it's time to move Frazier on for a good differential. Um, I'm not sure what Marshall's ownership is, but he's tempting. Uh, so here's what I have to say about. Fraser and Martial. Let's see. Fraser. Right, Fraser. Right. Fraser. Not, not Fraser. So Fraser. huge ownership. 23.8 ownership for Fraser. Uh, still, your, your earlier point, what does that really even mean? That means that at least 75% of the game doesn't have this guy. Doesn't have him. Martial, right. 8.3% ownership. Um, I do think it's pretty compelling to move Fraser to Martial, but what I 
but that's just a big price jump. That's a, a 1.3 million price jump. Fraser is still, to me, unparalleled in the FPL game in terms of value. He's already he started at five point five million. A lot of us got on early enough to to have um, built a lot of team value out of this guy, and he's still consistently returning FPL wise for for a guy who's relatively cheap. Turn him into Martial. I think you're going to have to sacrifice your fourth midfielder. Your fourth midfielder is probably going to become somebody you're not going to be that excited about playing. So I would say go for it. Um, I think there is a lot of upside with Martial, but I would say go for it if you're looking to play a 4-3-3, maybe just three in the midfield. Because, okay, and this is assuming you you have some template things going on in your team where you've got at least three premium guys. You've got an Aguero up front, um, Mm -hmm. Salah Hazard, Salah Sterling, Sterling Hazard. Three huge premium guys that don't allow you to do four heavy hitters in the midfield. I'm surprised to hear you say this because if I had if I had Fraser, especially if I got him early, that guy wouldn't be going anywhere. I, I, I mean, his returns are kind of like it's hit or miss a little bit, but three double digit returns for a six million midfielder is extraordinary. I mean, three goals and five assists in the season. Uh, you know, I just I would not be moving him. You know, especially because Bournemouth seem like they're a little bit fixture proof in terms of their attack. They do. Um, yeah, I know, mean, yeah. Fraser had multiple uh, instances against United. Where uh, he could have got attacking returns, a couple of great crosses yeah. that came in, and they were saved by De Gea. Yeah, I, I, he had a run that was so good that he like injured himself in the first <laughs> half. Did you see that? He, like yeah. ran like all the way across the field, and then he like kind of just fell down. Like, ugh, this is too much running. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what you expect from this guy. I think he's over delivering in every possible yeah. way. And I, yeah, I'm not. He's not going anywhere for me. So. Um, I mean, we'll we'll get to him soon enough. James Madison. James Madison is the real template budget mid that jumps out as somebody that needs to be shipped. Yeah, uh, I obviously I obviously agree with you on that. Um, all right, uh, FPL Ant says uh, Marshall is a United darling. Uh, he's getting regular starts and returns, and is their main focus of attack. Pray tell, why do I hesitate moving Madison to Marshall? I feel like we teed ourselves up for this question. I think yeah. that is the move for. I mean, it, maybe it's not the move for game week 12 because the the Manchester Derby, Derby puts me off United a bit. Yeah. I mean, yep. I, I recognize late last season they, they actually showed up for that fixture, but not until the yeah. second half and Pogba had to pull off a, a minor miracle to get a result there. And it just doesn't seem – Martial is in great form right now, but he, he just doesn't seem like the type of player that will really um, – get up emotionally for a match like that. So I'm looking at maybe a, a two-week maneuver. Because he to... always looks horribly depressed, do you mean? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like the no Germans are about to than... breach the, the Western Front <laughs> at, at any moment. He is the saddest player in the like, – even when he scores, he looks sad. It's It must be just – I think it's just his eyes. Or he has sad eyes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I can understand the temptation. I think the, the, the hesitation is really about a, a fear of the Jose Mourinho midfield, which um, – talked about this a little bit in last week's podcast. It's really – it's a very Man United-based fear. I think in general, going back a few years, there was no issue with having midfielders in a Jose Mourinho-Chelsea team. Right. It just it's it's been weird in this in this 
Man United squad, but it looks like Marshall's finally. The guy's young, and you know, I think he had a kind of an emotional year last year. I think he was sort of fighting for a spot, I and mean, maybe he thought he had it kind of locked up and didn't understand Alexis why Sanchez he was showed up. Yeah, Alexis Sanchez showed up, right? Exactly. Um, but I mean, he won it, and he's looking great now. And I mean, you know, what else do you need to see from him? You know, I think uh, the only thing you need to see from him, I, I think, is uh, are better fixtures. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, there, you know, it's interesting because he was great in that in the in the preseason as well. You know, and um, did he get injured at the start? Of, I think he was kind of injured at the start of the season, right? And that sort of I don't delayed the bandwagon. I think he did. Yeah. So um, you know, seven point four million um, after the after game week twelve, he's got a nice run coming up. I mean, they play Palace, Southampton, and Fulham in three of the four coming out of the international break. So yeah, you know, I think he's a very interesting option. Um, Maybe starting next week. But, yeah, I don't think I'd want to bring him in before City away. I don't think it's horrible if you do it. I mean, I think that um, – I think he could deliver, you know. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's like a um, – I don't know. I don't, I don't – you know, but I, I think that, you know, you, you might as well. If Madison at home versus Bournemouth versus Marshall away to um, – you know, versus Marshall away. I mean, it kind of just makes sense to wait another week for Marshall, right? Yeah, his price will be going up. Looks like he's due to rise on Sunday night as well, up to 7.5. So if you're just 0.1, 0.2 away from getting him, or or if you just have enough cash to get him, I'd just say keep an eye on fplstatistics.co.uk for anyone who doesn't know is a great place to watch for price changes. So just keep keep your eyes peeled for that. Rick Sito, for those who brought in Barkley and are already regretting it, how about swapping out for Goodmanson? Yes, Rick. I think that I think we're waiting for Goodmanson to come up. We <laughs> both love uh, love him. Sure, three point one percent ownership. I mean, he plays yeah. for a, a, a dumpster fire of a Burnley team, but he is. You got to give Barkley more time, though, don't you? You got to give Barkley one more week at least. Home to Everton. I don't know. I, I would give Barkley one more week. That would be my suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hate on Barkley. Um, and I, I think there was was something, a shred, a shard of truth to the bandwagon that has been building around Barkley. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe just like stick for your guns for another week or two. But it is nice to see that there is uh, an asset like Goodmanson waiting there in the wings to, to bail you out if you need if you need it. <laughs> Red Dagger, Andros Townsend, a good differential. Are we getting wound up here, Brandon? That is a no, that no is Townsend. that is a real wind up. Red Dagger, real wind up merchant. <laughs> wind up merchant. Uh, no Townsend. Come on now. You know he knows I hate Townsend. That's uh, that uh, uh, Crystal if, Palace attack is is complete nonsense. I don't know how they've ever. I don't know how they've scored a single goal this season. I, I genuinely don't. And until until Surlot start get, starts. Getting me that side. Jordan Ayu is like the most bothered. is the biggest passenger of all passengers. Uh, like what? What a ridiculous uh, signing! He how was. did he luck into a Premier League job? It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, uh, FPL Booster says, "What to do with Mares now?" Pity the Mares owner, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. He he looked like such a great bet. I mean, but th- this is. I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Great player. If. If he starts, there's so much upside, but there that's always the yeah. big if. I mean, it is an if with all yeah. of these city players. Even it was an if, you know, a minute before the team sheet came out Sunday morning if Sterling was going to start. But there sure. you go. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Mara has four goals in five matches coming into uh, this weekend. You know, I mean, it was 
you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, this is, we talked about at the top of the podcast, it's going to, it's going to hit out all these players and, you know, but the Marshall, I mean, okay. Even more than Sterling, Sterling is a, a, probably a more consistent starter. I think we can say than, yes. than, uh-huh. than Mares. Uh, I mean, Mares splits this year are crazy. It's like, if he starts, he's he, like, I don't know if he starts, he's incredibly dangerous. And if he does, he could even miss a penalty. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, look at these. Okay, so the last uh, six game weeks for for Mares are 1, 12, 1, 1, 10, 11, 0. Yeah. Like, those are are insane splits. Like, I don't even, what does that come up to? 33, 36? So it's it's still 36 in six matches, right? Which is, you know, six points a game. I mean, you know, six points a match, uh, which is, you'd you'd like that for any player on your team, right? To average six points a match. Sure. Like like Ryan Fraser, perhaps. Right, exactly. So um, I think you just have to hold and, and just assume that this was the one time when he got rested. There is a, I mean, you know, my, Sane and and Mendy continuing to play together it definitely is a, maybe a little bit of a concern there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it does make me worry a little bit about, you know, what's going to, I mean, because, you know, in this match, you basically, hit, you know, you had Silva, you had Silva, Sterling and Sane in the front three, right? And then you had Aguero in front of them. And uh, I don't know, it just, it feels like, yeah, maybe there isn't, I guess it's always going to be a concern. I mean, you know, Leroy Sané is interesting now too, right? I mean, yeah. you know, he's uh, only, you know, didn't start last week, but then, you know, started two of the last three. It has 21 points in the last three matches with a with a non I guess it would depend on how good I felt about my bench, right? If I felt like I had a really strong bench, then I feel better about having someone like Leroy Sané. Sané maybe is a little too expensive at 9.2 million, right? Definitely, for, definitely. For I, I think quite trust. I think Mahrez is more appealing Um in the yeah. long run for that reason. If either of them are, really. There yeah, was this amazing moment in the Southampton match. I think it was in the first half where it was like a Guardiola version of the Keystone Cops in which Sané, Silva, Aguero, and Sterling were just kind of pinging the ball around inside the six-yard box. And mm-hmm. none of the Southampton defenders could touch them, but um, none of the City players could actually get enough space for a shot. It was just like for for a good fifteen seconds they were just doing the yeah. like it was crazy. It was amazing. It was like the most dominant thing you've ever seen in a, <laughs> a pitch, right? Uh, all right, uh, LT Gray says knockout or gross as options or anyone from Newcastle. Ugh. I don't like any of those options. First of all, knockout and gross. I don't think either of those guys are options, right? Because knockout isn't even. Is he even playing right now? I don't know. Yeah, he, is, he like was he was out of favor for a while. And let's see, Gross is due to come back from injury any day now. It looks like his return date has been pushed back to November 24th at best. Uh, right, right. He's close, but not back in training yet. And yeah, Knockhart, I'm definitely concerned. For a while, I thought he missed one start just because Chris Hewton was trying to sort of G him up and and get him right. to get his head right. But yeah, it looks like, I mean, Brighton doing as well as they are. Um, I don't know that they need Knockhart to really do anything. So no, he's a non-starter for me for Newcastle. Yeah. Um, the one guy who stands out for me is Matt Ritchie. And I think that tells you everything you need to know about where I stand with, with Newcastle. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, Newcastle are uh, they're 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 no fun. And yeah, Kennedy even had a chance to get a, to pick up a goal. The ball kind of broke to him fortuitously, mm-hmm. and he's he's trying way too. He, he's actually become the new he's the new tryhard. He's just <laughs> yes. like he's just like Anthony. Actually, you know, it's pronounced Knockard, by the way. We we've been saying Knockard the whole time. So why start? You know, now? whatever. Yeah, yeah. Why start now? You still you still um, say Marshall, so it's good. Is it Martial? I, I don't know. That sounds pretentious. Uh, Ian, it sounds like I'm trying too hard if I say that. Uh, Ian <laughs> says, uh, FPL Strategic, I am interested in Spurs players. Uh, Sun is on the radar and Lamella looks great. But who can we trust? <laughs> I mean, you, you touched upon Erickson earlier. I think that's really compelling. But if you don't have 9.2 to shift over to Erickson... I mean, the, right. okay, the two guys that I would want from Spurs right now, Deli Ali finally coming back from his injury, coming into form. Um, I predict good things for Deli Ali. And, okay. uh, and beyond that, I, I do agree. Lamella has looked terrific. I mean, two 90-minute matches in league play alone has been scoring. He's, he's got four goals already. This guy's scoring more yeah. than David Silva is. Um, let's see. And I'm yeah, just looking at just, ownership, 1% yeah. ownership. 1% ownership. That's an interesting yeah, Madison maybe, to Lamella pick. Maybe I'm just thrown off by Lamella's 0% body fat. And like he's, he's kind of, he looks, he's such a ghostly. And it looks like so he has ghostly. mascara on all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I guess we, we talked a little bit earlier about his, Harry Haslip's question about historical data. I, He's never done it, you know. I mean, this is, I guess, his what sixth season in the Premier League. Um, came in, came to Spurs in 2013-14. Never been able to to string together a really solid season. I know he's had tons of injuries over the years too, but um, you know, last year he had two goals and four assists. The year before that, he had one goal and one assist. I know he's in. A, I mean, he's he's on the way to have his best ever season, right? He's got four goals and an assist on this season, but. I just don't know. Um, his price isn't bad at six point four million, but um, I don't know. With Chelsea and Arsenal coming up the next couple of game weeks, he yeah. doesn't strike me as the kind of player that's going to deliver in a big fixture like that. So he's not fixture proof, that's for sure. Right. It's the punt that maybe looks more appealing when Spurs, when in the fixtures really open up for them. But then when they right. open up, right. you're coming into the festive period when you're going to see quite a bit of rotation in that Spurs midfield. You're, yeah. Um. Yeah, they they have yeah, quite a few know, options. So that that would be concerning to me. Yeah, and you know Kane, he's twenty three point eight percent owned. It's not incredibly highly owned for a player of his of his skill set and history. You know, uh, I thought he was trying really hard in this match. Um, clearly not where you want him to be, though. Right here at a moment, I think in the first half of that game where he had a like a break, a very classic kind of came breakaway right where he took yep. the ball made a you know, big turn and um and then just couldn't couldn't finish you know and um i don't know it just i mean honestly that, that there's something weird about that wolves de- we'll, 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 we'll talk about wolves in a second so let's i'll, I'll shelve the wolves talk um yeah but kane is kind of interesting too right no uh, i mean not again me. if you're doing well if you're doing well don't bring in kane if you're not doing well why not? Right. Like, sure. like it might be worth just taking a shot at him. Sure. Uh, Cause you know, God, God knows he's capable of like a, you know, a 19, he's capable of a Raheem Sterling level hall. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Dibendu Mukajiri says, is bringing in Felipe Anderson a good option? I don't see why not. I mean, he's, he's really coming into form uh, and he's, he, he's looked good yeah. all season. 
Um, but the great yep. thing now is he's starting to score goals. So that that's fantastic. If you look at West Ham's fixtures, yeah. they are incredible, save game week 13 when they host Manchester City. But um, no, I, I, I like that. Even you know? then, you know, it's maybe. Yeah, I wish that he had been more highly owned at the start of the season so that his price would fall. He's way, he started the season at $7 million, which is just inexplicably high for 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 a West Ham play. Like, I, they weren't that good last year. Like how, how did they get a 7 million midfield? It just like, that, that was way too high. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess I need to see, I want to see a little more consistency out of him. Right. He's, you know, he only has three, three attacking returns. That uh, is three matches out of 11 where he had an attacking return. Um, you know, did pick up the brace. I agree with you about the fixtures. I just, their way to Huddersfield. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is, isn't this exactly what we're talking about? Right. This is. I, I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got. It is what we're talking about. You've got Madison is hugely owned and super disappointing. You got Felipe Anderson who's two point six percent owned, cheaper than Madison, and they're about to play Huddersfield. Like, mm-hmm. not a bad not a bad time to take a chance. Yeah, maybe I'm talking myself into this, Brandon. I'm getting excited. Yeah. Felipe Anderson and my team. Do I captain him? I guess I have to, right? Triple captain? <laughs> I don't know. Can you bear to take the armband <laughs> off of Kennedy is the question. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I can split my captaincy. Can I do that? Can I get 1.5 points from – oh, that what would a, be a cool chip. Great chip. The split captain chip. Split captain. 1.5% from – Bring a little blackjack into this. All right. Uh, <laughs> yep. Next question on the midfield comes from Sidhan Bhatia. Madison replacements. We've talked about a few already. Hmm. I have no money yep. in the bank. Who do I get that's affordable? All right, so we were just talking, Josh, into Felipe Anderson as a Madison comparison. You weren't sold on Eric Lamella, and I I think I agree. We want to let the fixtures open up a little bit for Spurs. Who else is is Anthony Marshall? Anthony Martial. Um, Martial. (laughs) Goodmanson. Um, Goodmanson, I like that. Yeah, Um, I think that's, yeah, maybe... Yeah, if you had a little more money, uh, if you could get up in that nine million range, I think taking a chance in Ericsson would be uh, would be a decent shout. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I think those, those I, are some okay, great options. A, yeah, qu- a question for you: Is Ericsson is Christian Ericsson fixture proof? Is he a fixture proof player? Can you play him in any game? Historically, yes. I have a lot of concerns about the Spurs team right now, and they almost capitulated there at the end of the Wolves match. They have not. Right. They have been eking out all these results to have just this. In, what amounts to table wise, an incredible start to the season, but they have not right. looked convincing to the eye. So I, right. the question of Erickson concerns me because I'm not sure, particularly in the tough fixtures, even in lower table fixtures, if Spurs gonna, are going to be able to rack up three at least three goals. Yeah, even two. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I am thinking about doing it just because, um, because I do trust him a lot as a player. I, I think I'll kind of wait to see if there's any injury news that comes out. I, I have two transfers. I don't plan to use either of them until Friday night. Uh, I'm just, I really, I, I really want to kind of, I'm doing fine. Like the, the numbers just got updated. I'm, I'm like 30 K right now and I still have Mitchell tomorrow. If he does anything, I'm right back in the top, you know, 25 K or thereabouts. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to make a panic move here, but I, uh-huh. but I am, you know, let's say, let's say he gets, let's say I get five points from Mitchell tomorrow. Maybe that's asking too much, but they are playing Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've got two transfers. This is not a panic situation. This is a time to, to keep, it's a know, time to, to celebrate. Sort of forget. 
It's a time to celebrate. So, um, yeah, and I advise this to anybody who's freaking out right now because uh, give it some time. You know, like yeah. make sure – I mean, you know, if Sterling plays the full 90 and uh, – well, they have the Derby coming up this weekend. So he's probably going to play it regardless. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a Champions League week, right? you got to be careful uh, who uh-huh. you uh, – yep. you know, when you make those moves. Yep. Um, all right. So um, let's move on to forwards, Brandon. I only have two questions here. Uh, one comes from little Jason. He says, how about Murata? 2.2% ownership. Uh, I think you perfectly crystallized this on Twitter at the end of the the Chelsea Palace match. Yep. Murata scores a brace. All of a sudden, we're starting to uh, get an itchy trigger finger. We're all going to jump on Murata. And then he does his Murata thing. He blows the breakaway at the end of the match, robs everyone of the hazard assist, and and your yep. tweet establishes Murata again as as garbage. Um, now, <laughs> you know, as as a human, I'm sure he's a lovely chap, um, but just as an FPL by all accounts, yeah, yeah, by yeah. FPL standards, he's a crumpled up page of newspaper blowing down an em- empty alleyway. So uh, no, that yep. is a that's a no from me. Also, with Giroud coming back. There will be a rotation. Could be fighting for a spot again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And sorry, I even said in his press conference afterwards that uh, Murata is still emotionally fragile, uh, which is not not th- not something you want to hear about a about a player in your fantasy team. That's no. a that sounds like a recipe for for uh, blowing chances. Who in your uh, life do you want that? Do you want saying that about you? I mean, would you want your wife saying that about you? You're... No, you don't want anyone to be saying that you're emotionally fragile <laughs> yeah. in a press conference. Yeah. That is like that is, that is that is embarrassing. It's like yeah, that is, you don't want anyone to say that. Um, Jeff Watt, why Schmoss would you? Says, why would you? Would, if he's emotionally fragile, what are you doing saying that in a press conference? It makes no sense. This is why. This is why I love. Sorry, I mean this guy does not. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's amazing. It's just chewing cigarettes and winning matches. Love it's it. like it's oh, I love him. He's so great. Uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Wah of Schma says, "Is Murray worth a punt for a few weeks? Uh, Cardiff away next, then uh, Pascal Grobe. Now I'm just kidding. Pascal Gross is back after the international break. Um, yes, I think Murray is worth a punt. We talked about him a little bit already. Do you think he's worth a punt, Brandon? I do. This is the move punt, that I'm punt. I'm going to be stressing out about this move for the next week is what to do with Mitrovic after this Huddersfield fixture because I mm-hmm. mean he's going to drop like a stone." In the game, his price is going to bottom out, um, just like Fulham is bottoming out. And uh, who do you get in? And Glenn Murray is is definitely a top candidate. I think he. he it, it sort of depends on how cheap you want to go. Do you want Mitro right. to make way for an enabler? And you're looking at Isaac's success. Or you're looking at Raul Jimenez or Danny Ings. Those are probably the three top enabler candidates, or do you want to go yep. for someone who is like Glenn Murray, who is probably far likely than any of those three other players to, to consistently get a return. I think the biggest thing with success is if you bring him in, will you have the self-control to bench him? Because I have a real tendency to, just play three forwards. It's very hard for me not to do that. It's, you know, maybe it's not for other people that are probably listening to this and laughing. It's just very, they just, you know, they're just, it's, they, they just go with the best formation and, and just, and that's it. But for me, I, I always see a way where a striker could score, you know, it's like I, I can visualize sure. the goals. Like, you know, Rudy used to talk about how he'd visualize scoring. It's their job. Matches. I visualize. Yeah, exactly. It's their job. Their job you is had to score one goals. job success. It's very hard. 
Exactly. Exactly. So I, that is the one thing that would worry me a little bit. I'm not, I'm not on board with this success thing at all. Um, so we, I feel like we warn people all the time, these 4.5 wonderkins, they always end up just clinging like barnacles to your team until you play a wild card and right. you're so excited to get totally. rid of them. Totally. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I regret my, uh, my Kennedy move, right? I've got this fourth midfielder who sucks, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's also, it's also obvious in hindsight, right? Yeah. You know, but if you haven't done this yet, it might be something worth considering. I don't know. It's a. Uh, maybe there's like a i could see like on a wild card having like a formation where i had like two man city midfielders right mm-hmm. and like you kind of you kind of shoulder the burden like one of them will play one of them won't and maybe then like i don't know mm-hmm. it might be worth it mm-hmm. um all right we've got a couple of defender questions brandon um we're gonna wrap things up here fpl llama says can we trust the west ham defenders as cheap enablers with their fixture run um I don't know if trust is the right word. I think it's I think it's a calculated risk that's worth taking. And mm-hmm. if you compare the way West Ham's defense looks like now to the way they looked at the start of the season, it's a bit of a night right. and day comparison. I think they're much improved. And with such a great run, I mean, they have just a world-class manager in Pellegrini who, of right. course, he was going to whip them into shape over the course of time. They are still not a great team, so they will have uh, they will have mistakes in them. But I think over the course of at least a month, you'll get a couple clean sheets. And if it's an enabler defender from West Ham that allows you to do something else you want to do with your team, I'd say exploit those fixtures. I think it will work. I think you'll get something out of it. It's definitely worrisome how poorly they played at home to 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 Burnley. Uh, you know, I don't think we should totally disregard that. But yeah, I mean, it's it, you know, it's a sea of green. You know, in terms of the upcoming fixtures, and you would think Huddersfield, Newcastle, Cardiff, Crystal Palace, and four of the next five, you would expect like two clean sheets in, in those, right? Yeah. You know, yep. and at four point five million, you're not going to play that guy every week anyway. You know, it's the same thing with me and uh, Fabianski. I, you know, I'm rotating him with Patricio right now, so. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of just bad luck. I mean, to, to only get one point from Fabianski, uh, in that home fixture was, uh, yeah. very surprising. Only one save too. I mean, I used one of my two frees this week to move Cathcart to Belbuena. And it was less that I, uh, um, thought that Watford's defense was worse than West Ham's, but suddenly it was a re- it was a way for me to save a little money. Belbuena at 4.4. So if any, if you're looking to make any right. move there, guaranteed starting central defender threat on set pieces, 4.4 Belbuena. Go for it. It's a buy. Yeah, that's no, good. Josh L. This is me, Brandon, says, what's the deal with Wolves? Is their defense actually good? <laughs> oh, it's a peculiar <laughs> I'm question. I'm asking you this question. Yeah. I, I think, Are they I, good? I mean, they seem mentally fragile. Why is it every time they score, they concede a goal, like another one's getting conceded like 60 seconds later? Yeah, that, like, that's true. Why do they freak out every time a goal is scored? That's championship football right there, um, the uh, yeah. the leaky defenses. I, I think it would be unfair to expect Wolves just to be have a bulletproof defense for the whole season. Um, I think they'll have sure. rough patches. I think this is, a, this is a rough patch. It is three, three rough ones in a row. <laughs> Here's what. OK, so there are two upsides here. We were talking about Patricio before we started recording in that, like I had the decision to start Matty Ryan or Patricio. And I went with Patricio because I believe if 
neither Brighton or Wolves are going to keep a clean sheet. Patricio is going to walk away with some save points, which was true. Sure. Of, sure. of Doherty, I would also say if they lose that clean sheet, he still has – he's still basically a striker for Wolves. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's still enough upside to not completely panic with the likes of Doherty or Patricio. So I'm not panicking. Yeah. Yet. Sounds like you two, are panicking. I feel like – well, I'm not panicking, but I uh, – you know – I have been doubling up uh, on Wolves for a while, the double up defense, and that would work out really well for me. And just conceding three in a row, I just they don't look – they just play a little scared sometimes. I don't know. I mean, but then they, they do have, you know, they have a Huddersfield-Cardiff back-to-back in game weeks 13 to 14. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not panicking yet, but um, I'm just I, – I guess I'm just a little like – you just wonder if maybe like – just that that three at the back, you know, it's uh, does that just make things a little leaky for them now? Yeah. I mean, a lot of Premier League teams have experience playing against that now, right? Because it was so in vogue, you know, a couple of years ago, and um, and you know, maybe they were just relying on Patricio's heroics a little bit too much yeah. too. To, to, to all keep right, so so what would be the move you'd think about? So we're talking about your say in the top twenty five k. You need right. you need to have the forethought to jump on another defense that's going to have a string of clean sheets, whereas other people are still having patience with Wolves. Who are the top candidates for you there? Are you looking at uh, Duff and Dunky, Duffy and Dunk? And I always do that. Did you? You weren't even joking that time. That's that's amazing. <laughs> um, I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess I would look at Duff and Dunky. I would. Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, Brighton have a great run. Uh, you know, Duffy in particular, I think his ownership is around five percent. Uh, Cardiff, Leicester, Huddersfield in the next three. Uh, the Leicester matches at home. Uh, Palace at home in game week fifteen. Burnley away in game week sixteen. It's a great run. I mean, I assume that you're going to be, you know, playing Matt Ryan at least for for some of these matches. Yep. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's kind of tricky. I mean, you know, f- I guess Liverpool actually maybe. It's it's tricky because I feel like we're we're like four weeks into this whole this whole situation with Gomez and Trent and Leverett, and we still don't really know what's going on there, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just don't know what what the like the best version of that is, like who you know. So it's tempting to to recommend Leverett because like nobody has him still, and he's on you know four point eight million or something like that. Uh, might be worth it, you know, but um, but then possible injury risk right now, right? I don't know what's going on with him. He's got something's wrong. Emotion, emotionally fragile. He's got a knock. He's got a generic knock. So something's going on with Leverin. Uh I hope I hope it lasts for a little while longer because I really want to have <laughs> uh, TAA at home to Fulham in game week twelve. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but maybe 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 you maybe a double up there. Okay. Uh, I mean, you could just go with Van Dyke too. Yeah. You know, he's a five point nine. Van Dyke could have had a hat million. trick uh, against Arsenal. Yeah, ridiculous. I can't believe that one goal. It was like that ball was like rolling in slow motion. You know, because it was like a <laughs> header, but it was like a header like practically from outside the box. You know, and so it just like rolled so slow, no one could even get there. Well, even the uh, even the one where he calmly chests it down, it was just like I can't remember who yeah. uh, put the pass into him, but it, um, and he had all the yeah. time, and he just. Put it straight into Leno's chest. You're right. I I would love to have Van Dyke right now. I that actually might be that would be a move I would I would consider. Uh, just downgrading Mitro to a cheap to a cheaper forward and just and just upgrading someone to to Van Dyke. Um, I don't know. Not easy to not easy to pull off actually with my current squad. Uh, all right. So final question uh, comes from that Joe guy. He says uh, Ricardo Perea one goal and three assists and nine starts and now an almost guaranteed starter. 
Um, I think I quibble a little bit with almost guaranteed. Uh, 4.7% ownership. What do you think about Pereira? Maybe Pereira. Yeah. Maybe that's how you say it. I like it. I actually uh, put a bid on him on a waiver wire, some draft league that I'm in. Um, so I'm I'm eyeing him up. I do. Uh-huh. I, I, you know, he's it's the year of the fullback. It's been a while since we talked about that. But Pereira um, is a fullback, and, and it is his year. Yep. Decent fixtures coming up. But yeah, generally, I've been playing out of position too. Yeah, generally, both of us are a little lukewarm on Leicester City right now. So to give him a a, a full throated endorsement seems disingenuous. But I don't know why not. Yeah, I just I just don't love that that Leicester team in general. I I, I want out. I, I I just you know awful. You know, it's just it's just a weird time over there. And I just you know I. I don't think I want any of their players, and so I'm looking to I'm looking to sell. He is five point That is, I, I for whatever reason I thought Pereira was a four point five guy. So, yeah, the five point does make it a little tricky. Although he's, he's had the returns, he was correctly priced as it turned out. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, Brandon. Game week twelve uh, coming up this weekend. You and I are, are meeting up, watching matches in person for the first time since uh, the UK trip. Yeah, excited. We're going to meet Leo Howell, who is an editor for ESPN.com, and uh, watch some matches with Patreon him. Patreon supporter. Yep, and uh, and and a Swansea supporter. He he keeps us all informed as to how McBurney is doing in the championship. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let's see. Looking at my bus team right now, could you predict who I'm captaining right now on my bus team? Uh, Mohamed Salah would be my Mohamed Salah against uneducated Fulham. guess at home yes. uh, to Fulham, uh, the worst defense yes. in the league. That is, uh, is this even going to be? Well, of course, it's going to be a debate all week. Is 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 right, Salah right. worth it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think we're really right. into having that conversation anymore. But uh, yeah, you got to go. That with seems Salah. kind of tiring. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a conversation that you can continue to have, but it's just it's very tiring. And, to be honest with you, I. I think that if if Sadio Mane doesn't play in the midweek Champions League fixture, like if he gets rested, I would consider making three transfers, burning four, and finding a way to bring it in my team. <laughs> That's how confident I am in a massive haul this weekend in that Fulham match. Yeah. I feel like that is the time when a minus four would be justified. Yeah. Uh, if he plays in midweek, I mean, I actually think one of those forwards, I, should, I say forwards, you know, one of those... Um, one of the attackers. people who lead the line for yeah, one of the attackers will get rested in that match. I mean, you obviously don't need the super squad to play Fulham at home. Um, and so I'll be watching that uh, Champions League lineup pretty closely to see who plays. But I, I, I wonder if Salah does get arrested midweek. I think there's a chance he does. I felt, he felt like he was a little burned out in that the end of that Arsenal match, right? Like he just like didn't had a couple chances near the end. I felt mm-hmm. like the energy wasn't quite there in the way it normally is. This game week twelve is going to be the one of the big weeks where I'm really nervous about this Hazard out for Sterling because um, Chelsea hosting Everton is a pretty decent fixture, I think, for Hazard. I mean, the thing to keep in mind though is that I mean, it's it's Man City at home, and uh, I mean they're destroying everybody. And we just saw Man United's defense uh, against Bournemouth, and it was 
like they got humiliated. <laughs> like they won that game and their defense was still humiliated. Yeah. You know, like it's it's rare that you win two one and it was kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You know, because they. Bournemouth really should have had like three goals in the first half of that game. And like, I know there's like a, you know, so many Man United fans out there, but I, I know they feel the same way about this team, right? Which is like, they just should be better than they are. And like, they really should have spent some money to upgrade that defense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it is not, it is not a defense like of the caliber of a club their size. Yep. And uh, something's got to change in January, I yeah. think. All right. So, keeping with the theme of the episode, looking at differentials that, that might come good in game week 12. I thought Danny Ings looked pretty good today, even though um, yeah. Southampton got stomped. Um, him yep, starting so at too. home to Watford is an interesting shout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, another player with uh, surprisingly low ownership. He's one of those players that gets talked about a lot. So you you think that his ownership is high, but he's actually at 5% right now. So yeah. definite differential option. They play Watford and Fulham in their next two not a long-term option, I don't think, because um, they have a really tough run in game weeks 14 through 17. They play Man United, Spurs, and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. But um, for a short-term pick, I think he's kind of interesting. Yeah, Glenn Murray was the other uh, striker we talked about in terms of differentials. Away to Cardiff, the first kickoff on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, that's a great yep. fixture for for Friar, Friar Murray. we have to talk about this arsenal wolves game though because you um obviously hate wolves defense now so what do you Uh think if i'm a if i'm a lacazette (laughs) owner based on your feeling about wolves Uh defense do you think lacazette is a captaincy shout Uh, they've looked pretty good on the road this yeah i don't know no i mean not if you have a liverpool player like Mm -hmm. if you don't have any liverpool players like somehow then sure Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, even then I'd probably, if you didn't have, I mean, this is like, it's like, it becomes like so theoretically real. Like if you don't have a Liverpool player and you don't have a Zard too. I mean, Hazard, I think home to Everton is a really great fixture too. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we didn't even talk about armbands in terms of our, our big differential discussion or right. even if you don't have a differential player, what's the value in playing a differential armband in game week 12? I don't love differential armbands in general. I I don't. I think it's it's just too risky. Yeah. You know. I think that. Um, I think with the differential, you're looking to make up. Yeah, I don't know, f- six to ten points or something. You're not looking to make up f- forty. You know, it's just it, like it's very rare that like that you can bring in a differential and cap. I mean, I guess if you had Captain Sterling, this you know, but you were never going to do that. You're always going to Captain Aguero. I, yeah. You know, it's just like, it's a, tr- it's very tricky. Um, I, I just don't think it's, I think the differential is the risk and I think captaining them just doubles the risk and that's, yeah. that's more risk than I'm willing to take on. Yeah. And with this Liverpool Fulham fixture, just staring down the barrel of the gun at you, it's, it seems like a bad yeah. week to go on a limb there. Yeah. Just be smart and captain someone from Liverpool, like captain, you know, Someone who doesn't start at midweek, if you can, if you can do it, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. or captain a defender. I mean, I guess like Fulham could totally score in that match, but um, Robertson could pick up two assists too, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So yeah. All right. So all right, Brandon. That's that's the podcast. Great. Uh, just a reminder to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash always cheating, where uh, we have information on that starting eleven retro kit contest that we start fresh every month. So the November contest kicked off here in game week 11. Some producer thank yous, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, 
Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, and Chris Carter. Thanks to all of our producers and our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, special thanks to uh, to Chris, our newest uh, producer patron. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, basically anywhere where you could listen to a podcast. You can listen to our podcast. Uh, it'd be great if you could go in and give us a five-star review on iTunes, too. It really helps people to find the podcast, and we're always trying to grow the podcast as much as possible, uh, just because that's part of the fun of doing this. Uh, <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, too, Brandon. We don't ever talk about Instagram, but we do definitely post some photos. We have a lot of photos from our UK trip on our Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we'll definitely be getting some black horse photos from uh, this upcoming weekend's fixture. So uh, go find us on Instagram and follow us there. That'd be great. Um, you can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And if you've zoned out during this whole phase uh, you should visit the website alwayscheating.com uh and you can find episodes of the podcast and lots more i'll do a little teaser um so we we sent shirts out to all of our volkswagen level and producer level patron subscribers cool t-shirts we are now working on a whole suite of swag um bunch of products that will go up on an always cheating yeah. shop just in time for your holiday shopping so more news to come on that. <laughs> that's right Uh, All right. Well, thank you to everybody for listening and uh, good luck this weekend. Uh, And remember, don't make those transfers until the Champions League matches take place. Poku forever. Yep. Poku forever. Always in our hearts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.